Welcome to the Wondersphere podcast, where we encourage you to explore the world around you, whether that's across the world or in your backyard. Today, I've got the man with many names, uh, Coach JV, CJV himself. How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. It's an honor to be here, brother. Absolutely. From your Warrior Academy to your new 101 uh, Percent, why don't you tell the audience uh, to start off a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, maybe we got like five hours. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's been a long journey. So yeah, I'll share with you a little bit about myself. So I'm a, I call myself a serial entrepreneur. So I have equity in nine companies. Um, I just absolutely love and adore building businesses and helping people uh, do that type of stuff. So I'm the CEO of the 3T Warrior Academy. Um, we also own a company called Uncommon, which teaches people how to scale businesses within this new uh economy or ecosystem or social media. Uh, we have an NFT company. We have a crypto app. We have a lot of different things out there. And I have a freedom company called Freedom Asset Management Group. So I'm a serial entrepreneur, a single father with uh, two kids. And I'm just out there working to help as many people as possible uncover who they truly are through an understanding that everybody everybody has the ability to be great. And so, you know, I went from 16 years ago, attempted suicide to here today, um, inspired, motivated here with you, which is amazing and such an honor. And so, yeah, that's me. That's my, me in a nutshell. And so, yeah, I travel around, I, I travel around quite a bit and I love, love helping entrepreneurs and like-minded people break free from this just overbroke paradigm. Yep. With your many companies, I know, I know that you reach a lot of people. You've got some really good communities I've seen. Um, that actually, what you said about uh, you've been a lot of places, you've been, you have been to several places from Peru to uh, recently Tulum. What are some of your play, sorry, favorite places that you've visited? And are there any that you're particularly excited to revisit? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so two of my probably favorite, well, man, if I had to put them in order, it'd be Peru number one. Uh, Dubai, number two, and Tulum, number three. So I've been many different places, but those are the top. It's ironic. Those are two, three places I've been just recently in the last year. And um, Tulum is just such a special, special place for me because that's where I had my great awakening and and my my massive awakening and my Christ consciousness uh, belief system. And so it just has a special place in my heart. And it's just such a beautiful place. I always go to the Sacred Valley in Tulum. And it's just not only a sacred place, but just absolutely beautiful people. They're about, they seem to be a hundred years behind us. You know, some of the people are still using oxen to farm the land. You'll see families building houses together. Uh, very, very tight knit community. It started to get a little bit commercialized, but it's a very, very special place. And Dubai is the complete opposite, my friend. It's like you tell you go from like spiritual earth connection to like technology, like going from one end of the spectrum 100 years back to projecting yourself 100 years into the future. Uh, Dubai is massive amounts of technology, innovation, um, huge supporters of business, very clean, clean place to be safe. Um, everything is so modern. And then uh, Tulum was kind of cool. I went there just recently and I had no idea that Tulum, Mexico has such a spiritual side to it. And so we got to go into the um, cenotes, which are like these underground caves that you swim in and stuff. And so those are my top three. Peru is always my number one. And I definitely will go back to all three very soon. That's awesome. <laughs> it's funny when you were talking about the Sacred Valley, it reminds me of a place that my grandma was telling me about called, uh, she's very Catholic. Uh, she wants to go to Medjugorje. Medjugorje, and I told oh, wow. her I would have to take her to that at some point. Have you heard of that spot? I have not. No, sounds wonderful. Mm -hmm. So you have, from your podcasts and from your social media, you've mentioned two places where you've had kind of a spiritual uh, awakening um, or spiritual experiences. 
One was in a courtyard outside of a college, and the other one was in uh, Peru, like we were just uh, speaking about. Were there mm -hmm. any similarities or differences that you would that come to you from those two experiences? And thank you for paying attention, by the way. Those are two powerful stories. Yeah, so they're, yeah, they're very similar in regards to the fact that um, both experiences had to do with being present, like being present in what truly is, right? One, you know, one was in South Carolina at Furman University, which is one of the most beautiful campuses I've ever been in my life. And they both dealt with human beings not being present and me being present within that and observing that, right? So where, you know, I leave this very busy world running all these companies and I head out to Peru. So I'll start with the Peru story and then I'll go back, I'll backpedal into the, into the, uh, when I was in banking school. And so I didn't really, I didn't really understand what a spiritual awakening was back then when I was in banking school, but when I was in Peru, I was sitting on this bench in Peru and at the highest level frequency I've ever been in my life. And I, I visioned myself 16 years ago, I was an opiate addict and I committed suicide, attempted suicide. And so I, I had a vision of myself in these crack houses, buying drugs and stuff. And I was like, whoa. And then here I am sitting on a bench in Peru at my highest level frequency that I've ever experienced, just felt like God and love, right? And I realized that both versions of me have existed within this current reality, right? And I'm like, well, how is that even possible? And then as you remember back into the banking school thing, I remember sitting in banking school and, and we're all, all these executives there, everybody's making a ton of money, right? And they don't recognize how beautiful this campus is, right? They don't recognize, you know, that every single flower is perfectly laid. This, this, the person that did it, it was like Mr. Miyagi, this, this gardener, it was like, everything was perfect there, right? And they laid all the bricks by hand a hundred years ago. And I was the only one that could see that, right? I could see that. And then, so he uh, showed me this little pathway. I found this pathway. I went up and these Buddhist monks would meditate up there. You couldn't get into that little hut thing, but I was sitting on the edge of it. And I remember just sitting there just in this full presence of God. And um, that first sign when I was in banking school was like, I'm, I can't be in banking. It literally told me I can't be in banking. And so I didn't know what that was, man. Here I am graduating executive banking school the next year. And I'm like, what do you mean I can't be a banker? Who is this talking to me, right? It was my spirit aligning me with who I truly was, which was not a banker. It wasn't somebody who was selling products and services that didn't benefit the customers. And as I, send, as I sat in that bench in Peru, I really realized that everything is just frequency. Everything is just energy. And so every single person has access to every level of frequency, whether it's dark or light. We just have to make a choice during our living experience to access those frequencies through foods we ingest, through the things that we hear, through the people we're around. So there's a billionaire version available of you. There's a billionaire version available of me. There's also a uh, really dark, um, nasty, mean version of myself that exists. But I choose to align with the highest level of frequency within this current physical reality that I could experience. So those those are the biggest awakenings I've had that that we are all connected and that we are all just you know, we are all God's presence playing itself out within this current reality. And I have a choice. Like I could wake up tomorrow and be like, I hate life and start saying all these negative things about myself and completely pull myself into that dark side. So my biggest awakenings are that everything is happening right now in this moment. I have a choice with you right now to be happy, to be present, to be loved, to be light, to be positivity. And also could just flip the script right now and completely be a jerk and, you know, ruin my life Go, go cuss at everybody on the freeway that cuts me off. And it's, it's always just a choice. And that's what I really love about your TikToks and your Instagram. You're so inspirational about that. It's like, you talk about making choices and, and, and uh, being present and, you know, it's, it, that's what it's all about. It's like, and I know it's so cliche, but if everybody could just get present for 24 hours in this world, the whole world would change. If everybody just stopped and sat and just, took a deep breath and just sat in presence and just listened with no opiates, no alcohol, take away all the substances and just sit with nature and sit with God. 
everybody realized that all this was made up. All this stuff we're fighting about was made up. You know, all this, we're supposed to be love. We're supposed to be. So those are the two awakenings I had. One, I was in banking school, awakened me to leave the corporate corporate world, which was scary because, you know, I went from drug addict uh, suicide to an executive. So I was a Cinderella story, right? But then I was like, man, this isn't, this isn't the end of the journey. And when I sat in Peru, I was like, wow, I, I literally can be whoever I want to be as long as I align with the frequency and that is good or bad. So, yep. That is absolutely awesome and extremely, uh, extremely inspiring to hear. Uh, kind of staying on the spiritual thing. My, I told my mom that I was going to be doing this interview and she told me that uh, she didn't, uh, she, cause she follows you on TikTok. Um, mm-hmm. And she said she, she can't really believe you're real. She says she wants to pinch you. <laughs> you're real um so uh these next questions are from her but i also told okay, her that cool. when i do my uh trip around the country for my uh for the yeah. wonderments um because i'm taking them with me i'm going to come to the warrior academy so that she can come and maybe not pinch you but maybe give you a hug oh, i'd love to give her a hug that's such an honor man such an honor thank you uh, um so her first question is because she's really been studying this uh, spiritual stuff. Yeah. Is, um, are there anything in nature that can help uh, speed up the awakening process in your opinion? Oh yeah. If, I mean, if we can talk openly, I mean, there's, there's, well, you have to ask yourself a question, like think about um, let's talk things that lower our frequency first and let's back into it. This is a better way to do it. And so now this is not a suggestion to anybody. So I, I've used plant medicines to go through massive spiritual awakening. So if this is the route we're going, I'll just, I'll just tell you my truth. Right. So the, but I always start with the lower frequency things and back into it to maybe help people understand what I'm talking about. So if you look at um, where are the most liquor stores at in, in society, like what, what areas are the most liquor stores in? So they're, they're going to be in low income neighborhoods, right? Liquor stores are, are riddled. Every single corner is in a liquor store in low income neighborhoods, right? So people coming from a low, I came from a low, lower income neighborhood, right? So I can speak this truth. What happens is alcohol is a low frequency, right? Very, very low frequency. It's called a spirit for a reason, right? So when I drink alcohol, I do silly stuff. I act like a fool, right? I, I you kind of get you like when someone gets really drunk, they're outside of their character, right? They, they act different. And this isn't judgment. This is just to walk people through this, right? Uh, people kill people drunk driving, uh, domestic violence when people are drinking, right? People get too drunk and they, they kill somebody or they do something. You hear a lot of that stuff and it has, oh, the person was intoxicated. The person was, right? And so it's interesting that alcohol is legal. <laughs> it's a legal thing that really can destroy people's lives, right? So then you back into plant medicines, like uh, people call them magic. Well, there's mushrooms that are uh, medicinal for the purpose of awakening. You have ayahuasca, you have San Pedro, which is spiritual cactus. And let's, if we think about this for just a moment, God created those. They come from the earth, right? Mushrooms grow from the earth. Ayahuasca comes from the earth. And it's so interesting that ayahuasca, the plant medicine that I did in San Pedro, ayahuasca has been around for a long time. And so it comes from two regions to bring an MIO inhibitor and ayahuasca, the root together. I don't know how they did that. They didn't have planes back then, but somehow God aligned them to bring these, these roots and an NMI inhibitor together to help people have spiritual awakening. So for me, ayahuasca and San Pedro have been two of the most powerful medicines. And I can rightfully say that they have healed me. They've healed me 
to a point where I can have my own healing process. I wouldn't say I'm fully healed, but I don't think, I think we're all going through a healing process in our life. What I would say is it allowed me to see a different level of frequency of love, light, and positivity, and that we're all connected to one. So ayahuasca is called mother ayahuasca. Mother ayahuasca is a very, 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 very powerful plant medicine. It should be done under very powerful supervision as well. Um, I go out to Peru um, because it's legal. It's legal. It is legal in Peru. In America, it's illegal. So you have to ask yourself a question. So you have this powerful plant medicine that can heal people. San Pedro can shift generations, can literally show you the light, love, and positivity that you've never experienced before. Mushrooms actually allows you clinically, if you look at clinical studies, gives you access to 100% of your brain. Um, through doctors, research has shown that it can cure depression, PTSD, but all that's illegal, but alcohol is legal. To me, that really never, re it never resonated with me. So when I went to Peru and did these medicines, I came back a completely different human being, Trey. I mean, a complete, like when I came back, people were like, man, you're a different person. I'm like, I am. I'm the person that God created me to be. I'm not the indoctrinated person anymore. I'm not the person that, that, that the society told me I had to be. I'm not the person that was, that was picked on as a kid. I'm not the person that society told me I wasn't worth it. I wasn't the kid that society said that I was never going to succeed. I became who I truly am, which is the great I am, which whatever I put behind the words I am becomes my truth. I am powerful. I am strong. I am worthy. I am abundant. It allowed me to start the healing process for me because some stuff happened to me as a child that shouldn't happen to a child. And it happens to a lot of children at very young ages and we hold that trauma. So it allowed me to release it and start the healing process. So yeah, the plant medicines have been very powerful regimen. Um, I go to Peru at least once a year, minimum once a year to, I completely unplug. I mean, you've seen me go through these experiences. I unplug for a week straight and I just spend time with God and the medicine. And um, I just, I don't understand why, why? Well, I do. <laughs> Why is it illegal in America? Because it actually can heal people under the right supervision. So yeah, those are, those are the main, main experiences I've had with plant medicines. And I think that was a question you're asking, but I'm just being honest and transparent. So, yeah. Um, so I don't know if that was exactly what, uh, what was meant, but uh, that actually is a really good answer. So thank you very much. <laughs> cool. Um, so, and then my, uh, the second question from my mom is if the brain can be retrained, and mm. patterns can be changed. How easy is it to get back to old patterns and old habits? And how do we prevent that? Oh, great question. Wow, these are powerful questions. So absolutely, the, you know, she knows the brain can be trained, 100% can be trained, and it's through your reticular activating system, which is you're basically, you're the bottom of your brain, you have this little thing called the reticular activating system, which let's go through the process. You have thoughts that become emotions, emotions become beliefs, those drive your reticular activating system, which gives you confirmation. So what we have to understand is that as you go on this awakening journey and in a healing process, that we have deep-rooted DNA epigenetic things that are within our our system, right? And so imagine your parents were fighting all the time when you were a child. You know, your dad was saying bad things to your mother, or your mother was saying bad things to your dad that got ingrained into your subconscious mind. So as we go through this awakening journey and you're trying to have a healthy, healed relationship and you're doing your affirmations, you're writing down your goals, you're doing all those things, it's going to come back up. And the key is, is not to give it the energy that it deserves. The key is to have tools like Honoponopono in your belt to be able to grab onto that frequency and say, Hey, listen, you used to control me. Now I'm actually in control of you. I see that you're present here now, but I'm willing to release you by saying, I'm sorry, please forgive me. 
thank you, I love you, and releasing it right there in that present moment. So a lot of people think when they go through a healing process or a healing journey, when they go through an awakening, then all of a sudden everything's going to be sunshine and rainbows. It's just not. And so as human beings, we're going to keep revisiting our old self. And that's a, it's a testing ground, right? It's like, all right, Trey, you leveled up to this next level. You're, everything's going good. And all of a sudden your old self taps you on the shoulder. It's like, Hey, wait a minute. I missed you. I'm still here. I just want to make sure like the little boy for me, it's a little boy, man. He always comes up and says, Hey, Hey, do you deserve all this, this notoriety? Do you deserve this JV? Do you, are you worthy? You know, are you worthy of this stuff? And sometimes I get caught up in that. I'm like, wait, am I I'm like, Whoa, wait a minute. So it's always going to come back. Right. The difference is this time you're going to have different tools in your tool belt to mitigate it. So that's why you see people have periods of like peace and prosperity and then chaos because they don't have the right tools in their tool belt to navigate this. So when it comes back, they're like, oh, see, see, it doesn't work. Oops, sorry. See, it doesn't work out for me. Never works out. And like, no, 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 no. What the universe and God is telling you is that, hey, good job. You're doing a really good job. That's your old self. You remember what that felt like? And so your old self is revisiting you and tapping you on the shoulder. So I wish I could say that my, um, with all this work I put in working with shamans and meditation and hit cardio and doing all this stuff. I wish I could say that the insecurity doesn't come back or the little boy doesn't tap me on the shoulder. Absolutely. He does. But the cool thing is now that I have more wisdom, I have tools in my tool belt to, I call it katana blade, like a ninja. I can katana blade that very, 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 very quickly. Um, so awakening is just that it's an awakening and then you're going to be there for a bit. And it's going to pull you back into the old paradigm. The key is to be a pattern shatterer. That's what I call myself. Because um, I think we come here to, to revisit those patterns of the old self or whatever that is to, to heal trauma, to heal these things that we need to heal to, to become our best self. That is really true. <laughs> and um, really, honestly, really something that we all need to think about, especially if we're trying to better ourselves, because that... I, um, I don't know. I'm sure you do follow uh, Sadhguru. He yes. talks about karma and what it is, is just a cycle. And our, our old selves is bringing us back into the cycle. But the best thing we can do is to make the cycle a bit smaller and a bit more, mm. um, a bit more, a bit less of this, of, of the yeah. up and down. Yeah, you don't want to look like the crypto market. You want to look more like the stock market. <laughs> you know, when you're in chaos, like, you know, the crypto market so vaults, the stock market, since it's been around for a long time, it's, you know, 8% up. You know, you and that's the thing, too, is that people need to give themselves um, reprieve to understand that your old self is going to come back, man. It's like, I would love to say that I'm this confident warrior that's walking around and never runs into issues, man. They come and they come heavy, but it's like, hey, no, 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 no. I, I, I know what you're doing. I understand what you're doing. I didn't understand it before, right? So I got into these cyclic loops that I would fall out of alignment. It would take me three months and I'd be like, oh, instead now when it comes, it's like, nope, nope. Here's the activities and behaviors I'm to answer her question. Sorry. So I, I actually have a specific answer to her question. So what I did last year is I created an avatar of myself. So the avatar is a picture that, that some, it's like a little avatar of me. And when I'm at my highest level of frequency, there's certain things that I'm listening to, like the way of the master every single morning, I'm uh, eating properly. I'm fasting. I'm around this, this type of people. And so I built an avatar. So when I fall out of alignment, and it, you know how you get caught in that wave and you start to like kind of lose control or you're like in that toilet bowl where you're spinning around. I grab onto that document. I look and I'm like, go to these things. And I go right back into alignment. So it's, it's kind of like my armor of God, you know, it's saying like, God's like, this is, 
when you're doing these things, you're at your highest level of frequency. So I created that avatar. So that's the specific activity that she can do uh, to get herself back in alignment. So when you feel at your highest level of frequency, don't, don't forget to write down in journal. Why, why are you in that highest level of frequency? And that way you can revisit it. That is absolutely awesome advice. Before we get on to the next question, I always like to take the midpoint of these. Can you believe we're at the midpoint already? This has been flying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I always like to take a minute to uh, talk about the Warrior Academy. Now you've told me, or I, not you, I've to, uh, you've heard me talk about how much the Academy has meant to me a few times, but recently with my sister and uh, her, she's actually... Um, I believe you saw the video. She's actually in the running. She's in the quarterfinals now to become the Maxim cover girl, which is absolutely incredible. Wow. She came on to the warrior hangout call because Johnny, uh, Johnny wanted her to come and talk about it. And the flippant warriors have been so, so helpful to her. I know for a fact that she feels like it's, it's to the point now where this community is so amazing and so strong. It's like reaching out through me and affecting my entire flipping family, wow. which is absolutely amazing. And I, she is, she is going to make a uh, video talking about this for my next podcast. Unfortunately, she couldn't get one out today, but yeah, just That's amazing. There will be a link in the, in my bio for uh, for anyone who's listening to this podcast to vote for her, and a link to join the Warrior Academy because this this community is, is just incredible. Awesome! I'll go vote right after this, man. <laughs> <laughs> kind of pivoting to a new thing. Do you so you do a lot of social media posting and stuff like that? Do you have any other uh, creative hobbies you do outside of your social media? Wow, man! You know, I I wish I could say I do. It's like my, it's almost like my, my hobbies are my jobs. Right. And so like, it's, uh, so things that I do outside, I read a lot. And so I use an app called, um, actually what's it called here? I use an app called, uh, it's called headway where I, I read like 28 books a month and it, it, it breaks them down into bite-sized pieces, like 15 minutes and it's audio. Right. I Trey, I, I love to read, man. I love to learn. I love to grow. So the beautiful thing is my job and my career is that. And so, um, I, I spend a lot of time with my kids. I love being with my kids. Um, I'm a big ass kid myself. Uh, I like to go to water parks, with my kids, we love to go to, um, theme parks. I love to travel, um, let's say my hobbies are traveling. Um, I love lifting weights. I love pushing myself to limits. Um, yeah, so meditation, but it's all part of my job. It's funny, like everything I do is part of my job. Traveling, I literally made my hobbies my my job, and so I don't work a day in my life. So if I'm not raising my kids, I'm not not I'm I'm here at the academy, man, working. <laughs> and so yeah, I, so I just cool. don't even know what it's like. People ask me that a lot. I'm like, man, my hobbies are being with you guys, man. The, coolest people in the world you know uh, that is no joke there either you uh the academy all the uh people that you seem to find are really awesome people now i know you get a crap ton of crypto questions mm-hmm. but this isn't like your average crypto question this is no what do you think will happen to xrp or anything like that my question for you for the crypto market is do you think that art and creative stuff will have uh, have any spot in the crypto market outside of NFTs? Mm. Can you can you give me a little more context? Like, um... so 
So, oh, and, you uh, like, like, here, here's, let me, let me, this might help. So, like, for example, an NFT, like a contract, right? So, like, anybody like trying to sell their art and things like that, like the, the blockchain? Well, that and um, so where you see a lot of art when it comes to the blockchain is NFTs. Right. Um, I don't know. Maybe the way I was thinking, like, uh, if you've ever heard of like Masterworks.io, maybe tokenizing art or anything like that. Like, do you see any uses for art and creative stuff outside of the NFT space? Interesting. I've never thought of that, to be honest with you. I've always seen it like connected to because the way that I was sold the idea around, you know, like uh, art and artists, specifically singers and, you know, podcasters, people like us who are artists, um, is selling our you know, you taking our own sovereignty back. Right. Um, yeah, I don't, that's a great question. I I've only experienced it through NFTs and in an understanding through NFTs where, um, it's going to change the whole ecosystem, man, where number one, you have the rights to those products and services. Number two, you have creative control of those products and services. And number three is you can make residual income, which is all the three things that the third party, be it the music, what I call producers, all the not producers, but the uh, the record labels have taken away all those rights of people, right? So what I see in the crypto space specifically is the third party being removed in almost all transactions, whether it's a title company, when you go to buy a home, right? You have a title company, gone. You won't need a title company because you and I can just, I could go buy your house, Trey, and I'm like, hey, I'm buying the house. I send you my XRP, boom, we have the contract done. It's all done within the blockchain. You know, you have a piece of art that I want. I can go over there we can just do a deal or you could um, sell sell um say you have a mona lisa right and you can sell pieces of it right but that would be that would be an nft so i just think that blockchain in general is literally going to change the way that we interact the way that we date the way that we do everything i don't think people realize i think people just look at it in the context of an nft or uh financial cross-border payments or supply chain but i really think it's going to be part of everything we do like everything, like dating apps, it's going to be part of a, a, a mortgage transaction. It's going to be part of your banking transaction. It's going to be part of your messaging system. And everything is going to be on this quantum field that's going to be time-spaced into this blockchain, right? So um, I don't know if that answers the question. I've only really had exposure and I can see, I have a really clear vision on how artists and creators and um, influencers and uh, music artists specifically tokenizing, right? And then we're going to be tokenizing our academy. We're going to be fully tokenizing our academy where people will have a certain level of utility based on the token that they have. Yeah, that's absolutely, that is definitely true. Just to kind of go off topic here for just a moment, I'm so excited for Wonder Wins and any other area of the metaverse that my company gets into. Yes, <laughs> just I'm yeah, really excited. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we were actually talking about the, you've done a lot of extensive research on the ra uh, reticular activating system or the RAS, as you put it. Yeah. Um, so two questions on that. How does, um, going outside and maybe stepping away help that? And then how does, uh, being creative, what does that do for the uh, reticular oh, activating system? So, so the RAS is, so the way you picture it in, in a creative state, so going outside and freeing your mind and allowing yourself to open up and being connected to nature is very powerful because that's going to open you up to creative ideas, which is going to help your reticular activating system. Now, the RAS is just a very, it's, it's a powerful filter, right? Based on what you want. It's an executive assistant. So creativity is going to allow you to get into that flow state, which is going to get you to an alignment, which is going to raise your frequency, which is going to help your belief system, which is going to help your RAS. So picture RAS is like your Google. And if you can understand this, it, it's changing 
my life right now. So I know that what God created within our brain, it's a reticular activating system. So say you buy, I bought a white Corvette, right? And now I'm seeing Corvettes everywhere. I never used to see Corvettes. Why? Because my RAS got me aligned with a goal. Once I achieved that goal, it aligned me with all the other Corvette owners. It's a frequency. And so just like Google, if I type in dog, a bunch of dog pictures are going to come up. It has no bias. That's the crazy thing is your reticular activating system. So if you constantly say all day, I am horrible. Nothing ever works out for me. Um, I always get cheated on. I always lose businesses. I always lose money. Your RAS has to give you confirmation that that's true. It doesn't have any prejudice. It's like, okay, I believe you. On the other hand, Trey, if you go out there and you say, I am great, I am powerful, I'm going to have $10 million businesses, I'm going to help people all over the world, it has to give you confirmation that that is true and conviction. So you can have two people in the exact same circumstance that have a completely different reality, right? So you talked about what's the power of being creative and going outside. Being creative and going outside allows your mind to open up to the new awareness of the possibilities for you, in turn, allowing you to put positive things in your particular activating system. That's awesome. I, that's something that I might have to put in some more stuff or some more research because that is some really cool stuff. If you just say, let's walk through this real quick. So like, for example, because we always talk about manifestation, we got thoughts that become emotions that become beliefs, right? Then we stop there. It's like, okay, I have a belief system, but that belief system, where, where is the, where's the physical coming from based on your beliefs, right? We don't question that. It's like, okay, I have a manifestation, a vision board, and it comes true. It's because your reticular activating system has to make it come true. Now, the key is to hold your frequency for a long enough period of time and convince your reticular activating system that's the only thing you want. What happens is it gets confused if you're like, I'm building this this NFT company. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm going to go do this. And then I'm going to go do this. And then I'm going to go do this. That's why laser focused and really dialing in one thing and accomplishing it helps a lot. Because if you're constantly changing your ideas, your RAS is just going to follow your idea creation on, you know, I'm going to go over here. Okay, I'm going to, oh, oh, I got to give you confirmation this. Oh, wait, wait a minute. You're, you're over here trying to get a girlfriend. No, you're over here trying to build a business. You're over here. It's like, so that's why I tell people. So for example, I, you know, you, I'm very open with you guys. And I shared with you guys um, that, hey, listen, I need to get laser focused on just the academy and uncommon. So I, I stopped taking equity in companies. I stopped doing partnerships. I'm like, I only am focusing on uncommon and the Warrior Academy until we're at 10 million. That's it. And so my RAS is now giving me confirmation. It's, it's like, here we go. And uh, things are working out so well because I, I told it that's the only thing I want. And it has to filter out everything else. That's, that makes so much darn sense. Just because I've, I've gone through this before where I'm like, okay, I'm going to follow this idea, this idea, this idea. And sometimes it's a bit too broad focused. But now that I'm actually focusing on one thing, I've noticed that I'm actually making progress where... Yeah. Yep. Sometimes you feel like you're stuck because your Raz is working with you. It's like, awesome, Trey. I know exactly where you're going. You're clear. You're waking up. You're writing down your goals. You know where you're going. I, and it's like, we got you. And it's going to show you confirmation. But then if all of a sudden you change your idea and one minute you're a barber, one minute you're a, a, a Lego builder, one minute you're a, you know, a warrior. It's like, oh, and it's just, it's trying to settle in long enough to give you the results that you're asking for. That is awesome. So, um, Two more questions. Uh, did you have something else you wanted to say? No, Sorry. I'm good. I'm good. Okay. You're doing good. Two more questions and t- uh, before we finish up. So one of the things that I'm really big on is noticing stuff that a lot of people may not take notice of. Um, so is there anything that you see maybe on a daily basis or maybe not that you think that 
maybe people w- don't really take notice of that often or at all. Yeah, I think the thing that people are not taking notice of is because of all the distractions and uh, the dopamine that we're all seeking and, you know, living for the world is that they don't see that and it's not a it's not necessarily a bad thing. They don't see that the, we have a huge quantum shift coming. Um, and it really, it's disheartening, but I, you can't convince anybody else of their truth, right? And I think of so many people are buried into this, this dark side of social media or whatever it is, where they're just, they're, they're addicted to this thing outside of themselves, which is living for the world, when the world is actually coming into this brand new ecosystem, which can be a beautiful utopia for them, um, if they awaken to that, right? I mean, there's going to be this technology, if used properly, can be just such a beautiful thing for financial inclusion, for uh, getting food to people that don't have food, getting water to people that don't know they have access to water. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing I see people have their eyes closed to. It's because society has designed it that way. They want you know, maybe ignorance is bliss. I don't know, but this is uh, to me. It's the greatest time in human history, and a lot of people have the the wool pulled over their eyes. <laughs> it um, it's actually funny because people do they tend to get, and, and it is really designed that way. You get news, and you see a headline, and oh my gosh, everything else is gone. Yeah. I'm focusing on this now. Yep. All right. So before I end off the podcast, is there anything else you'd like to mention or promote? Um, I want to promote you, man, to be honest with you. Like, I, I want to say thank you to you because you've been an inspiration for me, to be honest with you. And I, I don't, um, of course, I'm going to be honest with you, but I just want to share how much of an impact you're making on people. And I, I, I you need to hear this, man. And I want people on your podcast to hear this because, you know, there was that, that post you did and it was interesting. You did a stitch and you were, the lady was saying, you know, she was kind of getting frustrated because people were cheering her on for her disability and she was taking it as a negative fashion. You're like, let it come in, like take that abundance, like take that. And those types of words that you're sharing with people are, are so impactful. And the fact that you don't use your disability as a crutch. And, you know, I remember when I first met you and you're like, I'm a blind photographer. I was like, my brain was like, like, Whoa, this, you inspired the shit out of me. I'm like, this dude makes no excuses and a freaking amazing photographer at that. And I'm like, you know how many excuses you could make? but you're always positive. And I'm sure you have dark days, just like everybody else, but you're positive, you're moving forward. So that's what I want to promote is you, man. And just there, we need more people like you, man. I mean, you inspire me every single day. So, you know, the warrior Academy, 3twarrior.com, you check that out. You know, Trey is one of our biggest fans and he's one of our, our, our biggest impactful people in the Academy. And, you know, I say that all the time on the calls, man. And I'm not just saying that I talk to people about you to inspire people when they're sitting there, bitching and complaining to me. I'm like, dude, get your shit together, man. I'm like, oh, you got to meet one of my best friends over here, dude. This guy is grinding. He, he can make any excuse he wants. And he, you know, I, I just, I think you're sitting on a gold mine of inspiration for the world and your time is coming, man. That's just what I want to say. I don't have anything to promote myself except how amazing you are, man. And how, how big of an honor it is to be here, to be honest with you. Thank you so much. That means a crap ton to me. Um, if the uh, audience could see me, uh, I don't know if I am, but I might be blushing after that. Thank you so much. <laughs> all right. So that's all for this podcast. And until we meet again, go out and explore the world. Thanks, guys. Warriors rise. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs>